You're watching the Tesla Life live with your host, Mark Coughlin. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tesla Life number 292, the 1st of February, 2023. Wow. One month of the new year is already gone. Talk about mm -hmm. quick, man. This uh, this carousel just gets faster and faster the older I get. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everyone to the show. Um, we've got a ton of news, but let's do introductions first. First of all, we've got uh, in the bottom center we have Mr. Patrick Connor joining us from the West Coast. How are you today, sir? I'm good. Hello, Tesla Nation. Thank you for joining us. And uh, if things go according to plan, our population in, in uh, Nation Tesla will be a couple million more by the end of this year. That's right. That's right. We get, we get bets on that one. We'll find out yep. at the end of the year. Also joining <laughs> us, Mr. Casey Green from the East Coast. How are you today, sir? And, and Moto, well. the baby. Hello, Moto. Hey. Say hi. Hey. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there she goes. She's waving now. There's the wave. <laughs> she waves like she's doing like her Italian impersonation. <laughs> yeah, pretty good cue. I've got lots of fun happening in the chat already. This is nice. Yes, yes. indeed. Welcome to uh, Zachary, Kenny, and uh, Roger has joined us early. So that's good to see. <clears throat> Excuse me. Also tells us chat's not broken. <laughs> yeah, another, another plus. Oh, and there's Hockey Day. Um, nice. Wanted to uh, start it off uh, with some supercharger news this week. And uh, Casey knows about this, right? Yeah. So, uh, wait a minute. I'm on the wrong one. One second. <laughs> we got two, two superchargers we're talking about this week. That's and, right. Mm -hmm. uh, I went to the land down under, but what we're actually talking about is uh, worldwide. So yeah, the I'll actually Tesla share a photo for you. Although the photo is kind of, kind of weird, but uh, I will share the photo anyways, and we'll see if we can make heads or tails out of it. Yes. Share. Uh, if it's the header image, then I actually uh, did a super photo AI on it because, you know, because <laughs> I did. Oh, it's not working. It's not working. Well, then I'm not getting the share out of it. If hmm. it's the header image, I got you. Uh, let's see here. Let's go down to, to here and then do this without glasses. <laughs> Thanks, baby. <laughs> and, then here, and then here. Baby's running interference. She is. And then I'll blow this up and then I'll do share screen. And then I hope I got the right picture. Otherwise, I just wasted your time. All right, so window. Really? I can't show a window on another screen? Whatever. Oh, oh, there it goes. I'll share all the screen, too. Hold right here. It's coming. Nope. It's coming. Haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's fighting me. Yeah. That's okay. Let's skip the screen share. Let's just get on with the show. <laughs> so anyway, uh, this, the Supercharger <laughs> Network uh, grew uh, last year by 1,200 stations, which is on par with what they were promising us, and it was pretty good results. So uh, 1,200 additional locations, um, not stalls. 
Perhaps, right? yeah, that's what I meant. Right. Sites. Yeah. Uh, of which the minimum is four stalls. Yeah, and, and I'm sure the average is closer to eight. Yeah, it's got to be now. Actually, year, in, North, yeah. in North America, yeah. typically we're seeing 12s, right? Uh, mm -hmm. as, they, as they pop up. But um, that's good uh, that we're, we're uh, continually growing. Um, not a surprise, uh, but good to see uh, because that's one thing that we don't want to see slowing down. And exactly. one of the major reasons for that, of course, is the number of uh, Teslas that are being added to the marketplace. Again, as Patrick uh, has uh, talked about, we get to a point where we've got um, two more million vehicles on the road. Uh, they're going to be using those superchargers, not, you know, not constantly, but two million people added to the network, even yep. if it's randomly using it for trips and whatever you're you're going to start to get some volume use out of those sites hey yes. we have an image sharing happening now nice yeah i just shared the whole screen okay <laughs> yeah so i don't know where this one is but it has these one, uh CCS. blocks there yeah that, yeah uh, that's an interesting that's uh, supposed to prevent uh icing so uh yeah I'm not. I'm not sure going to work here. Some, some trucks with enough clearance to just go right over it, and some people <laughs> right. are dumb enough to just run right into it. But, <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have those in the U.S. <laughs> so no, this is the CPS this I believe is an Australian site, which uh, leads yeah. to another story that we've got. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of cool that um, that they've got, uh, and I've seen those pop-ups as well. In, I believe in uh, South Korea. Uh, Korea, Japan, Japan, China, where they, where they have extreme parking problems, right? Like there's, yeah. there's, uh, there's, and anybody parks wherever they can get a space, uh, whether it's a charging area or not. But uh, it's good to see that um, we're getting to the point where those number of chargers like that, are still increasing, and 1,200 is not a bad number for a full year, right? <laughs> yeah, and like we said, 1,200 locations, so times 10 or whatever for the number of stalls. Yeah. That's good news. Another bit of news about superchargers, and uh, I think I'm yeah. About... So uh, in Australia, they now have the uh, the supercharger uh, program for non-Tesla vehicles. So you can go into your app and uh, pick a stall, activate charging, pay for it, and if you supercharge often enough, you can get the Tesla owner's rate by paying like twenty dollars local currency equivalent per month. Uh, but if you're only going on one or two trips, then you should probably just pay per use. And uh, that, that greatly expands your ability to charge elsewhere. And uh, as we've seen in other places in North America, depending on your vehicle, it might even potentially save your, your car from being uh, served up a, a voltage that it didn't ask for. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was a couple incidents with Rivian, Ford, and others that uh, uh, Electrify America said, here's all the electricity. And the car's like, no, I can't take it. And then they blew the fuse. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah there were some issues. issues. There were some issues yeah. with uh, with that uh, charge system recently. So it's um, it, it can be um, – actually, that could be real scary if you didn't know what was going on. Uh, and it was to blow a fuse while you were charging, besides the inconvenience of it. But uh, Well, the, the, the Rivian one that just happened, or is it the Ford one, whichever one just happened recently – Happened at like three in the morning, so they had to wait for a tow truck to wake up and come get them. And then oh, you know man. they didn't know 
how to it has to be revealed they didn't know how to do the manual release on the on the lock on the charge port so mm-hmm. uh the station owner was talking about getting a saw out you know since the oh, electricity, no. was, already, oh, electricity oh, was already down but uh you don't I'll, need a saw when there's just a simple I, I would not be I would not be touching a saw to the cable regardless of whether there was power flowing through it or not. <laughs> right. So Rivian Rivian gave him some some Uber credits and said, "Hey, just leave it there, and we'll work with you in the morning." Um, yeah. Ken brings up a good point about uh, the supercharger voting that uh, Marcus told us about a couple of times. Um, if before we leave them, that topic, uh, okay. I just want to. There's a nice PSA there. Yes. If you have an EV. Make sure you know where the manual charge port disconnect is because they all have one. They're hidden away They're because they don't want people just pulling them randomly, right? But yeah. when you need it, you need to know exactly where it is, how to get to it, and how to use it. Yeah. So, yeah also, PSA, before you use it, make sure that the, that the flow of juice has stopped. Either you've heard the magic yes. smoke come out or you see the charger has completely stopped. If the charger's not stopped, you can uh, – all but the Tesla ones, they have a, a red – a red stop button you can hit and and, and turn it off. And even the Tesla ones and others that don't have a button, you can find somewhere else on site, just like the gas pumps, uh, to turn off the uh, the juice. And then then you do the manual disconnect. Uh, I wouldn't suggest trying it while it's activated because right. Um, I mean, yes, yeah, isolated. So if you touch it, it's safe, but it might arc. And that and if it arcs, that's temperature, that's electricity, and and we're talking hundreds of amps and hundreds of right. volts. DC. Right. So yeah, you, could, you could damage your charge port or the charge handle. Yeah, you don't well, want to. There do was that. I was talking about damaging yourself. Uh, we could get <laughs> place <of> things. Yeah, <laughs> jumps, jumps you as a ground. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh man, <clears throat> yeah. that that could be trouble. But uh, yeah, shouldn't be near Actually, the charge uh, port when you're doing it. Uh, Greg, uh, has well, you're on the op- you're on the inside of the charge port when you're doing it. On most of them. Oh, true. Right. Okay. And Greg, uh, Greg has said, said uh, hello from, uh, what is it, New Zealand. Yeah. So uh, welcome, Greg. And this might be coming to your neck of the woods because Australia is now the first non-European country that has been uh, brought into the non-Tesla charging supercharger ability. So right. uh, where um, where Greg is, that might be the next country. Uh, just, you know, so close to Australia. It would be logical. You already got it all the personnel there. Sense. Yeah. It's the same sort of regional uh, concerns. And uh, just like, you know, with the U.S. and Canada, like you guys are always right after we get something from Tesla. So why not uh, New Zealand? Uh, So keep your eye for that, Greg. Also, um, from the picture shown, uh, they are a CCS charger. Yeah, they have CCS. So uh, I would imagine that uh, New Zealand would be the same. And, Greg, you can chime in on that as well. But I believe you would be the same as a CCS charger, just like Australia. But... uh, that's kind of interesting. I'm wearing the uh, right shirt for our conversation. <laughs> High voltage. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and then to Kenny's suggestion, uh, Mark, you want to tell them about the supercharger voting program? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Um, you do have the capability now. If you have a Tesla account, uh, you can log into the website and the supercharger voting area. And uh, these have- new people, the new you- non-Tesla owners. Yeah, uh, you, 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 if you've got that login, you can log in and you can make a suggestion uh, as to where Tesla is to install the next supercharger. And as Kenny uh, points out, uh, it is somewhat frustrating if you're on a route and you have to travel 10 or 12 miles out of your way off that route to get a supercharge. Um, yeah. I know that um, 
I know that in trips that I've taken, probably the furthest I've ever had to go off road is about five miles. Same, it's about, same, about four or five the miles. maximum I've seen. But certainly there are some cases, as Kenny has mentioned here, that uh, it uh, it could be further. But uh, the closer, yeah. and of course, I, I feel that Tesla's pretty good at this, just for the fact of, of the number of charges that they have out there that even I've experienced personally, uh, and the three of us as a group, uh, they're, they're pretty darn close to getting them along those routes uh, pretty accurately. Yep. But uh, in some cases, there is just no options. Uh, and sometimes you have to go it a little further. But uh, yeah. I've even seen Tesla replace a supercharger with a new station, put that other station that was a little further out of the way, uh, close it down and uh, fire up a new one that's closer. So who knows? I've seen them move stations before. Like literally, like after they close it down, they put that equipment at a nearby station. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> this is clearly from this other place. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, was, it was very clear because that one was like one of the old metal ones. I'm like, um, mm -hmm. interesting. Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's go to the next story, and let's see if I've got my uh, sharing down pat here. Here we go. Share. Boom, boom. Now this map, a little confusing uh, because it's come from the Supercharge Info uh, website, but uh, this obviously is not somewhere in North America. It's Thailand. Uh, <laughs> that phone is not but, to scale. That's right. So we, talked we talked about this last week. Uh, we talked about vehicles being introduced uh, to Thailand, uh, the first Tesla vehicles had arrived on a boat and now being distributed. And we talked about they don't have any superchargers. Casey looked it up last week. There were no superchargers. But this week, the first supercharger has appeared under construction in Bangkok, Thailand. So there we go. Uh, they're on their way. They're getting their cars. They have their uh, sales center. And now the superchargers are starting to flow in. So good nice. for them. I wonder if Bjorn will go there and uh, give us a video on it. As well as oh, yeah. if it will be in the non-Tesla supercharger program first in Asia. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool to see. If you have the yeah. ability to do that, please uh, send it in. Let us know. I think they need a few more superchargers before they start opening them to non-Teslas. <laughs> Especially since they just had a whole shipload just unload. <laughs> exactly. Right now, the Tesla owners are uh, like, "Oh no, oh, no, no that's just, just for me. No, that's mine. get out of here. That's mine. <laughs> My precious." Uh, <laughs> Speaking of cars going out, uh, Model Y has now become the world's fourth best-selling car as of the end of 2022. Where? So uh, we've had a tremendous Where? amount of uh, uptick uh, for the Model Y. We know that in uh, the year 2023, uh, we think that it's going to top the chart. But uh, last year, it ended up in fourth place. Where? Worldwide. Yes. Planet Earth. That's <laughs> all, right. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> Third rock from yeah. the sun. The entire thing. Yes, indeed. So uh, they've that's... come a long way from a little blue car tucked away in the corner at the at this, this party they were having. Exactly. <laughs> like it's it's hard to believe that they have. In, in fact, you would have a hard time getting many people to believe that at this point in 2022, at the end of 2022. They would have a vehicle that was the fourth best seller in the world. That is mm -hmm. a lot of units. And as it we've is. seen uh, with the expansion plans of Tesla, 
they of course uh, plan to go way beyond that. So uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. As uh, we, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing one, two, or three positions on that top ten list uh, being owned by Tesla. Uh, maybe a, an all podium finish, uh, gold, silver, Ooh. bronze. That would be That'd very be cool to see. Yeah, so that would be it's fun. Number four by quantity, but I would bet you it's number one by revenue. Oh, easily. Oh, yep. Yeah, it is number one and two were Toyotas, uh, the Corolla and the Rav Four, and then yeah, those well, aren't aren't exactly chart toppers for how much profit they bring in the company. Exactly. Yeah, number three is a Ford F one fifty. That one probably that one's has a, that was a profit bringer. Good. Yeah. <laughs> That one probably does have a pretty good margin. So it'd be interesting to see uh, a breakdown of, of this sliced and diced a few more ways. Yeah. Yep. Next, uh, Elon shows up in Washington. Yes. And uh, this time he's not being sued. There's no problem with that. <laughs> well, well, he is being sued, but he's not being sued in Washington. <laughs> That's right. Not, not for Washington. He was there to meet some uh, top brass officials, and uh, they were discussing uh, about the EV uh, infrastructure, I imagine, about EVs yeah. in general, but most yeah. likely a little bit of talking about infrastructure, a little bit of talking about uh, where things are going. Um, it looks like, hopefully, that Washington is willing to take some advice uh, from the company that is the actual leader of EVs uh, in the country. So, uh, yeah, it's mm -hmm. uh, it's something that uh, we saw in the early days of the Biden administration that they really didn't want to mention the word Tesla at any point, mm -hmm. uh, whether it was in inviting them uh, to summits uh, or uh, talking about uh, how EVs have grown and how certain certain companies were leading the way when really not so much uh so uh good to see at least that uh that elon is being consulted in some things uh based on uh, how well the company is doing uh it, it would make sense to, to 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 certainly call upon his expertise uh when it's it's not it's not hurting you to do so but i did notice that the the other networks they weren't didn't really talk about this much at all mm -hmm. uh, yeah. it uh, it was wasn't something that was uh, promoted that much and again we know that the biden administration is really tied to the hip of the uaw uh and of course tesla not having unionized shops that's probably a, a no-go for them uh just because it's bad optics for i guess what they've what they've signed up for really that's that's all there is to it yeah. Speaking of leading from the rear, uh, that's actually going to be my first story on Sunday, unless some breaking news happens first. Um, but uh, Elon tweeted that, you know, he met with uh, the, the uh, leader McCarthy and, and leader Jeffries. Uh, he made it sound like it was a productive meeting with the both of them. But when you read the, the story of what actually happened, uh, it sounds like on his way into McCarthy's office, he, he actually met literally Hello, all right, goodbye, uh, Leader Jeffries. And then, uh, then he had his meeting with McCarthy for several minutes. And then later on, he actually met with uh, with a top advisor to the uh, Biden administration, uh, Mr. Podesta. So okay, that one uh, was an actual meeting. And so hopefully something good becomes of that for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, 
I wonder how much uh, they've actually talked to Elon about things, um, uh, especially the infrastructure, the superchargers, uh, the, the yeah. charging network that's going out. Um, I gotta believe that anyone that, like 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 us, okay, we're we're not professionals, right. but we do have the ability to see what's going on with others, see right. what's going on with Tesla, and yeah. see the pluses and negatives uh, that happen with all sorts of chargers. So the right. three of us are, and of course the people that are watching this show are up to speed as to what works and what typically doesn't and where the pitfalls lie. I hope the administration is using Elon as a resource in order to avoid some of those pitfalls for future development. I mean, even if you disagree with his newfound politics uh, and the way he presents himself in public, uh, you can't deny the results. And and, and you, you would be smart to take some of those learnings, especially since the whole company uh, led by Musk has been pushing these out in the open, out in the open. Uh, I understand that it wasn't as open as some of the other automakers would have wanted in the past, but now it literally is open source like Linux. So uh, they, 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 it's like the pride before the fall if they still will not, uh, both of the government and the competitors will not learn from what is available to learn from here. Well, between yeah. that open sourcing, making NACs instead of Tesla proprietary and yeah. the magic doc, those two things together are definitely powerful and can be an incredible network. I mean, that's one of Tesla's biggest advantages right now is if you want to drive long distances, they have a great network for that. I've driven Open up and down the West Coast. And, and reliability. Yeah. Uh, the yes. costs are a little on the high side, but they're not, they're not the most expensive. Right. Yes. And availability and reliability are hugely important. If you go to a place and they've only got one charger and it's blocked or broken, you're hosed Both. and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so that's why we were just talking about how at a Tesla location, there's usually 10 or 12 and, and at least four. You don't find right. them with onesie twosies. The only uh, time you find a onesie twosie is if it's like a super old private site. And even then it usually has four. Yes. Yes. I was going to say that. Yeah. If, unless it's a private site uh, in Hawaii at your mansion, because you were on the board and got them to right. build one, Larry, <laughs> if your name is Larry, then <laughs> Larry E <laughs> or, or the GM proving ground, or sorry, G G uh, good year proving ground. Sorry, not GM proving ground. Good year proving grounds. Uh, they have a, they have a two, two stall superchargers themselves. Okay. Yeah. Those and are and some, some service centers the... have one stall superchargers, but that's a real special case because it's not yes, really a exactly. stall. It's a, it's a big long cable in the middle of the the, the closest bay to the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, and and you probably don't have a lot of people coming off the freeway going there to charge up and then commute on or whatever. Keep yeah, so that's not what those are for. You gotta you gotta beg them for enough charge to get out of there. Sometimes uh, I remember uh, when I bought mine, I'm like, <laughs> all right, now how do I get out of here? And I'm like, I don't have enough charge to reach the the nearest supercharger. Uh, they're like, could you go to this one? I'm like, yeah, but that's an hour in the wrong direction. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, you don't want to do that. So they gave me a 15-minute bump. <laughs> oh, good. good. Uh, another story of interest uh, this week. Um, we've touched on this previously, but maybe not on this angle. Um, the insurance uh, industry that, that Tesla is shaking up a little bit now, uh, they're actually insuring a number of Tesla owners, and that number is growing with the number of states that they bring on, uh, where they can insure the drivers that are actually purchasing their cars they're able to do something that maybe we didn't think of initially, and that was Tesla Insurance is starting to see the full cost of what insurance is costing them. 
because when a car gets into an accident, typically that insurance provider is going to do some sort of a quote uh, from a body shop. They're going to come back with a certain dollar amount based on what car was damaged and what was the, what what issues are involved in fixing it. Uh, they may get to a place where it makes more sense to just replace the car, write it off, uh, as opposed to fix it. But Tesla is now starting to experience this themselves as the insurance provider. So they've gone back and with Project Highland uh, for the Model 3, and I would imagine future projects, they're looking at how can we make the car more repairable? Because we're now starting to see the full amount that has to be paid for insurance fixes, what the body shops are actually doing. And since Tesla has their own body shops, they're getting an unbiased opinion as to how much this these repairs are actually costing. And they're starting to see that, you know what? If we made a design change when we make the car, it can make the insurance costs for some of the replacement parts and such lower. And everyone is happy with getting a, a lower bill, including us, uh, who are the ones that are paying out that money. So um, this is uh, this is kind of uh, unforeseen that that since they run the entire cycle from start to finish, they're able to figure out that, hey, we can make some changes here in the manufacturing, and that's going to help everybody downstream if this car gets in an accident and is insured by us or somebody else. Mm -hmm. And, and we've been seeing this with other uh, insurance companies where some of them, uh, they, they jack the prices up for Tesla mm -hmm. owners. But others notice that their Tesla customers get into less crashes. So they lower their rates. <laughs> it's kind of like, like they know it costs more to repair. They know it takes longer to repair them. But they're like, eh, uh, these people, they all have families. They drive safe. They've got autopilot, auto steer, emergency braking. Let's give them a discount. And it's not just because they see that they they, they see it in the numbers, like because they, yes. they they got the actu uh, how do you say it actual the actuarial yeah insurance yeah. companies don't do anything because it feels like it's they're all numbers based for sure. yeah <laughs> they're bean these counters, counters. These, these are the bean counters <laughs> at the next level <laughs> yes exactly yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah that's that's good news that the Tesla's part of the whole cycle so they can make uh, some of these informed decision based on real life data that they're collecting and uh, yeah. will collect more as time goes along. Yeah. Some, some of the uh, states and insurance companies are starting to get hip to the, the fact that Tesla's throw off a lot of data uh, on my way out of Virginia. The uh, County had asked for the login to my car to, to lower my taxes. I was like, uh, uh, out of here. <laughs> then, you know, just fill in the rest of the phrase and, and uh -huh. like, yeah, we understand. <laughs> But we thought we'd ask. <laughs> Holy wow. moly! They asked for the login for the car. They yeah, actually like, asked for it. I'm like that doesn't just tell you how many miles I got on the car. That tells you what and where I've been, how long. You can open and close my car. You can you know start it. You can make it move forward and back. Nah, nah. I mean, I, I do have some some tracking apps, but I have a certain level of trust with them. And as a customer, I also have a certain level of uh, you know something I can can kind of get back if they screw me over. But with the government? Hell no. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. Now, if they had like a read-only API and it was a significant drop in my taxes, then, then I might look at it. But it's not read-only. And they're working with a third party. And, and, and who knows if that third party's oh, got a proper yeah. data security. All sorts of red flags uh, for mm -hmm. that. Definitely. 
Yeah, I was involved in the Origo program for a while where you have a, a dongle that plugs into the ODB2 port and they tracked me that way. Uh, that dongle would have been were... a little more acceptable. Yeah, yeah, that's not quite the same as giving them my uh, password to my Tesla account. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Where, yeah, they can just go to the accessories and start ordering stuff. <laughs> I forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> can you imagine you didn't have FSD, you didn't plan on, you didn't want to subscribe to anything, and they, they oh yeah, what's this $15,000 charge from Tesla? Yeah, let me check that box. <laughs> <laughs> and then you are responsible because you gave away your password, so it's on oh, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It looks like you did it. <laughs> Trouble. Right. Trouble. Yeah. Don't do that. For sure. <laughs> mm. or, or, you know, you, you happen to go to the Apple store or, uh, you know, the video game store, and then you go to the mall, and, you know, they see the frunk open and close, and, you know, you're in there for a while, and you come back, and you open the frunk, and there's nothing in there. <laughs> yeah. And all your right. doors are open and the windows are down. Well, I'm sure right. they would lock it back. But, I mean, it's not like we haven't seen this in other industries where somebody knows where something valuable is going to be and they just let their friend know. Yeah, so this does bring up an interesting point, though. With the Tesla rentals, um, they're going to have to be able to give that renter some access to the vehicle. Yeah, but you have the uh, you don't give them the owner login. You give them um, – you uh, they have their own account, and you – Say all right, that person's account was allowed to um, drive the car, open it, close it. Okay, right. So I wonder if you could do something like that with uh, state government, where you give them a limited access login of uh, to your vehicle, where they it can collect like some data. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, going forward, this might be something that states could use, where they, they could still actually be able to drive the, the data. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that, that, we would need a different level of just uh, a read-only uh, access. Lower than the stats, guys. Yes. Yeah. Like, literally, here's some miles. Nothing else, right. just miles. Right, no location <laughs> data, except for maybe what state you were in during said drive. That's even better, yeah, because then they can stop that crap about, oh, yeah, well, you had 50,000 miles. Yeah, but 12 of them in your fine state. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> Next like story, that. we're going to take a look at... Some photos that Motor Trend was able to get a, a help mm, with. Yes. So, so what is this, you might say? This is an MCS2 port. Tesla Semi and yes. uh, was able to uh, snap some photos. In fact, uh, over 88 photos they snapped. Uh, wow. So we've got the uh, link, of course, uh, in the show notes if you want to go take a look at all of them. We're certainly not going to go into all of them. But uh, I did. Here's yeah. a nice little shot uh, of, of the uh, charge port uh, <laughs> on the side of the vehicle, down by the first uh, rear wheel. It looks like. Um, so, uh, and again, uh, Casey, this is what? What is this? The the MC MCS two. two. Okay. Yeah. So, which which uh, the the Charin group uh, is not able to use it because the uh, the uh, those two long blades you see at the top there. Uh, somebody else claims to own the patent on those hairpin uh, connectors. So uh, they went to the MCS3, which is that triangular one that I like so much. And uh, it's interesting to see that Tesla continues to have the MCS2 on here. And uh, it's curious to see if, if they will keep that or if they will go to MCS3. But we're suspecting they'll probably go to Nax, the, uh, the Tesla supercharger connector. Hopefully. Um, hopefully. We would like to see that Nax connector on this truck for a number of reasons. Uh, just hopefully that, uh, as we mentioned before, that it should be able to take all the different uh, voltages, uh, no matter yeah, where you are, even, 
even just to keep the battery, the 12 volt topped up, anything exactly. Uh, exactly. would be would be a plus if you've got that NAC system in there. And, and Motor Trend right. reported that um, that that uh, Pepsi was charging at 750 kilowatts. Like they didn't even spec out a full Tesla semi-charger for for their site because that's all they needed. Mm. And then you know the NAC is good to a megawatt, which is all the Tesla was advertising with the Tesla semi-chargers. So uh, that's one reason to say it's good. But another reason to say it's good here is if you're not using it at max, then it definitely doesn't need uh, something special. Yeah. And I noticed mm -hmm. that the uh, Cheetos Express here has some new labeling on the door. You can oh. see sustainable future uh, now oh, cool. on the door. So uh, when they had uh, Frito-Lay had their sustainable day, uh, they had their trucks out front definitely uh, to show yeah. off. There's, uh, a, of and... course, the other end of the charge port, right? Yeah. I noticed that there's a Tesla-style uh, latch on the side there. Uh, less stuff to break. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> an active pin coming out of it. Uh, another another um, uh, publication had done some analysis, and they had suggested that, uh, that, that Pepsi probably comes out with a profit on each truck they purchased uh, because of uh, the, the grant they received and the, uh, the other part of the IRA. And yep. uh, so they're so suggesting they're that if... if there certainly was a huge rebate that was being offered yes. uh, by the state of California as well as federal. Um, right. And if you combine those plus the original price that Tesla had advertised these for four years ago, um, then then that's that's a really good savings. But if, if they had to pay a new price, then it might be a wash. Yeah. Now, here's something that I find a little bit interesting, and maybe this is configurable. Obviously, this is not the end game that we're looking at. These mm -hmm. trucks are being tested at Frito-Lay and PepsiCo, and they're going to get uh, feedback uh, from the actual use of it. But I thought that for the side view mirrors that they're showing here, it would have made more sense for me to, for them to be on the very outside uh, because they're closer to where the physical mirrors actually would be. Uh, if it had There's to be. that, but, but also... Um... With they, where they are now, they're closer to you. To you. Uh, so, mm -hmm. so you just look up and down. Uh, but I do believe that during the demo they did for the 500-mile drive, uh, there were several different configurations that each of the drivers uh, used uh, between uh, just the two replicating the, the two big mirrors and then another guy had like uh, like quads everywhere and, and yeah. other different places. Well, so, and, and I got to believe that at some point, uh, a lot of this stuff in the UI is going to be programmable, yeah, as we've okay. started to see, of course, in our cars, uh, where you're able to to move things around uh, if it makes more sense for you as a driver to have them in certain sections. I also noticed they don't have a logo for the vehicle. Um, it just says in text, semi, the same way that mine used to have the P100D, but now the app just says P100D in text. <laughs> the logo's gone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Mark, the um, location there, I understand why you're saying if it was it was on the outsides, I'd be closer to what happens today when you're actually looking at a mirror. But do you need to replicate that? If being closer to the driver's line of sight means that they can look at that um, and see it and still have peripheral vision to what's in front of them and that, and actually be a better driver because of it, maybe this is a better location, but it would take some getting used to. So oh, yeah. the nice thing about having this different is you don't have to do it the way it was. You, those are right. anacronyms, and you can do it whatever way is best, um, although you might need some transition time. Yeah. Another interesting uh, setup they've got there is that the left screen is for all the truck stuff, and the right screen is 
uh, most similar to what we have in our in in all of our Teslas today, whether you have a uh, a three Y or a legacy car or or the new ones, mm -hmm. and um, the uh, it's got the FSD computer, but it doesn't have autopilot yet, and mm -hmm. and then the wheel is very much like the yoke on the SNX or the new wheel option on the SNX, but stockless. Um, it's not stockless. Uh, so it's got a Model 3 gear shifter and turn signal. <laughs> yeah, so it's a hybrid. It, it kind of looks yeah. like the uh, it kind of looks like the tactile button push, but yet it does have stocks. So Yeah, they they still they still appear to be capacitive when I looked at it. And then the the button for the um, uh, autopilot is actually uh, what looks like changing your apps, like you can switch either where the mirrors are or which mirrors are showing, or like I'm not sure uh, what you're quick changing with those those app icons. Uh, and then um, the autopilot is just like on Model Three, pull down twice, so like it's got the autopilot icon. Just like when Model Three came out, it didn't actually have autopilot. So, right. Who knows how quickly that will get added? Other thing of interest is that uh, you'll notice that uh, down here the floor. Uh, that nice carpet's going to be destroyed in no time in a truck. Um, Unless you're like me, and you, you drive without your shoes. You've got to start thinking uh, as you know. You know, it's a type of weather tech. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, type um, scenario yeah, where it's actually built for for people that are wearing uh, you know boots uh, for yeah. for driving and such. Uh, but but here's the so, other thing: with it being one of the few trucks you can stand up in before you even get to the driver's seat, you can put your mm -hmm. own mat down in front with a boot buster. And yep. uh, just kick off your shoes before you uh, not take them off like I do, but just kick the mud off of it before you get to the front. Uh, or you know, or have driving shoes, but that's or have driving shoes. Yes, just yeah. switch them like Mister Rogers. Exactly. Mm -hmm. exactly. <laughs> Put on my sweater and my driving shoes. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you're going to be uh, driving for hours, uh, that right. might be more comfortable, be comfortable than some big old boots. <laughs> Especially since you got the whole extra jump seat. Like, if you don't have a co-driver, you can use that to change your shoes, like Mister Rogers did with the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Beautiful day in this neighborhood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's a shot of the, uh, of course, the mega charger. I didn't um, know I was at the semi charger. Why are you towing me away? Uh, <laughs> it was, it was heads and shoulders above your car, sir. <laughs> and that, notice behind it that this truck here in red or uh, the Frito Lay mm -hmm. colors, it seems to have the side. Open, open, and they are, are they are articulated. There's a photo that shows the, uh, the, the 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 piston or the actuator that that handles that, and that was something that they told us during the um, the demo, the initial demo when they showed it off when the roadster popped out the back. They said that these would adjust to the to the trailer, and then those they never said it again. But yet, it appears this to one shows there. that it's definitely adjustable. Uh, this one's yeah. out at a ninety degree angle, but um, that's it wasn't like locking tabs. It was like and you know, like, the uh, white one has it flat. And this mm, one yeah. is open, so kind of cool. Yeah, kinda I'm kinda sure cool. that any little bit for arrow helps. Yep, absolutely. I'd like to try one. <laughs> that would be fun. I want to try one too. That'd be cool. Next uh, story about the Boring Company, and uh, what That's we've boring. got here is uh, some information uh, that uh, there is a an entity that's owned by Elon uh, that is acquiring land uh, to 
have a housing development built upon it by a registered builder uh, in Texas. Uh, but uh, the speculation that, of course, this is a, an Elon holding company uh, that actually purchased the land and has the deal with the builder that's putting up this small neighborhood of houses uh, is that uh, these houses are actually going to be for some employees of the boring company uh, based on its location. So uh, this is kind of interesting. We've, we've known we that... That Austin, uh, where the Gigafactory Texas is located, we know that it's booming now. Uh, there's a huge uh, amount of people that are moving in uh, to that to that town in neighboring suburbs, and uh, that's putting a, a crunch on the housing market and, of course, prices. Uh, the Boring Company, uh, where they're located, which is not in the same town, they're a few miles away in another town. Uh, they are. Um, I'm not sure that they're not part of a larger city. They're outside of the large city, but um, there could be a problem with getting some affordable houses or, or what they feel they want. Again, this is speculation. We do not have the actual information on this other than it's an Elon uh, owned company that purchased the land and that has submitted the plans that this builder is going to build a small community. And I think, uh, I think the homes are about, 50 or less. So it's not, uh, it's not uh, huge. I thought it was a uh, 110 homes. Oh, maybe uh, you're right. Um, but, but, but still not. Bill Gates not buys farms, Elon buys housing tracks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you have, if you're going to be doing a construction project, a boring uh, tunnel project, um, that makes sense. You could have them stay there instead of uh, paying for hotels or, or, or apartments or whatever else. Uh, yeah. And then you could, use it for something else later. In, in pop culture, it reminds me of uh, Edward Scissorhands and Severance with the company town. I know there's other company towns, but those this layout reminds me of those two. <laughs> yeah, definitely 100 in this photo. So a few separate streets. Mm -hmm. And a cul-de-sac and a couple of uh, straight-through streets as well. So... That's kind of interesting that uh, I wonder, um, kind of like in uh, Boca Chica, right? Where they yeah. they bought the town, uh, they bought the small, thing, yeah. the small town, and uh, then they started to put up some mobile trailers and started to use the homes uh, that were on site uh, for uh, SpaceX employees. So yeah. could be along the same line. Yeah, I wonder, um, are they going to use some prefab tiny homes or are they going to build i don't know i'm curious how they're going to do that that would be a good beta test for boxable i mean because if, yeah, if the company owns them then there's a lot less complaining going on than than if you have drop shipped this to a, somebody's land they unfold it and then oh it's leaking versus if, although, if, although the builder in this particular case is an actual regular actual builder, builder. Yeah. never mind that no. so, that would be a good so, use, use good trial for it though yeah yeah absolutely Here's an interesting story uh, about uh, EV owners in the United States saving money more than most counterparts in other countries. And uh, this talks a little bit about uh, how EVs are actually saving people money through the winter months compared to gasoline cars and compared to even some EVs that are in other countries. And this well, where all relates to the countries get their winter energy from. Right, right. Methane. 
this, uh, this is uh, a story about uh, how that the amounts paid for electricity certainly combines into whether or not uh, you're saving a lot of money or somewhat a moderate amount or a little bit of an amount. So it does a comparison of what the electricity rates are in America as a whole. And then they look over at some European countries and notice that, of course, electrical rates are a lot higher uh, in Europe, as as most energy is in Europe, is, is mm -hmm. higher than the United States or, or uh, even uh, Canada, for that fact. But um, they also, you know, talk a little bit about how EVs save people money, even though uh, internal combustion cars uh, that could be used in the same circumstance with all that extra heat that they have in the winter, because of course, what is it? 70% of the, the vehicle's uh, engine uh, produces waste heat, uh, which, mm -hmm. and of course, waste heat is awfully nice in the winter. If that's, right. what, that's not all you got, like you'll take the waste heat in your cabin first. But, but since the electric vehicles are far more efficient, even with that waste heat going into your car for a, an internal combustion vehicle, the electric vehicle, of course, is still saving you money, even though there was a reduction in the amount of, of miles you can go in the winter. Uh, there is an actual lop off of about a third uh, you can guesstimate. Uh, so there, there, that definitely does happen in a battery vehicle. But even mm -hmm. with that loss, uh, with so much waste heat uh, that gasoline produces, you still are ahead of the game. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, comparing an EV to a uh, ICE vehicle in the winter. So uh, this is kind of interesting for for those that don't know. Uh, there's a lot of people out there still believe that a battery vehicle does not even run in the winter, let alone <laughs> being able to produce heat quickly and keep the occupant warm and to be more fuel efficient than anything on the road. So it's it's just a it's just a an article to kind of compare that to let people know and do some comparisons for Europe as well. So if you have some interest in that, uh, it, it may be worth your while uh, to to leaf through that article. A friend of mine works uh, in the medical field, and she had a long shift uh, last night and came out to a car that was covered in frost. Uh, so she went back inside. Uh, she had a, a Fiat EV. She went back inside, turned on the app, uh, Took care of some things, came back, and it was it was resolved. <laughs> mm -hmm. Not not exactly easy to do that with with other vehicles, especially if you are in an enclosed space, and and also if you are looking at uh, uh, an increased price of, of liquid fuels. Right. And, yeah. And I I don't know about Patrick or Casey, but uh, tonight and tomorrow night here in southern Ontario, Canada, is going to be frosty. Yeah, thanks for uh, sharing that with us. It, we, 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 you can it's it. dropping, yeah, it's dropping <laughs> down to uh, minus twenty tomorrow night uh, with the wind chill on top of that. So uh, already forty here. <laughs> it, it is going to be cold for the next few days here in southern Ontario, but. Uh, mm. I can say that uh, maybe uh, Canada Colin and uh, Hockey Day uh, know uh, that uh, it can get pretty cold here. And the, the bonus is that not only does the Tesla warm up quicker than an ICE vehicle if it's outside, but you don't even have to be outside. You just go onto your app, you mm -hmm. click warm up, and the car alerts you when it's at optimal temperature that you've set it oh, to. Nice. So, it's extremely nice uh, to have something like that uh, in the winter. Yeah, so I really like this article. 
because like you were saying, Mark, um, winter is sort of the worst case. And so this shows that even in the worst case, it you still save money. Because you were saying there are people that are just like, oh, yeah, well, uh, you say it gets so many miles per watt hour or uh, so many per kilowatt hour. And it's now and they say, I'm just going to ignore that because that's not true in, in January where I live in Michigan or wherever. And now we've got this study that, that shows, yes, you're still absolutely saving money, even in the worst case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> yep. And of course, once you get through the worst part of the winter, then everything just gets nicer as time goes along. Exactly. You start getting more range. You start burning even less electricity. And yeah. uh, it takes even less time to warm up. All of it uh, is a big plus. As soon as you cross over that, that winter apex uh, that we're all hoping is going to happen pretty soon. I find that my sweet spot is, uh, at least for these two Teslas that I've had, uh, and the Volts, was uh, 68 degrees Fahrenheit to uh, 78 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, it's just like where I saw like the best. <laughs> uh, it'll still do well outside of that, but it's like they, they make the numbers on the window sticker look like like a, like a game. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Next, Speaking of getting uh, through winter, uh, I just one little sidebar here. Uh, the last couple days here in Oregon have been cold, but they've been sunny, and so solar is coming back. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, we once we that's, got past that's great about solar though, isn't it? Like it, it, yes, like you yeah. you get your most optimal amount uh, when it's sunny, regardless. And of course, if it's a cooler temperature outside, that doesn't that help uh, cool it does. the inverter it, or something yes. and allows you yes. to collect more. Yeah, everything operates more efficiently uh, when it's cold. Yes, so cold and sunny uh, is is optimal. And uh, yeah, sometimes the sun angle is not as good as it yeah. is in the summer, which which is a big impact as well. But yeah, they were. Yeah, it was really nice. It's like, oh wow, the batteries are full, and I'm exporting to the grid, and it's January. I love it. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was watching a um, a, a guy who tests solar panels. He was going over some uh, some bifacial stuff, and I was like, that that's really cool. He even did an experiment where he uh, covered up the front so it was opaque and flipped it over on its back, and it was something like sixty percent as efficient. So it was sixty oh, percent nice. plus what you were doing to the front. Yeah, and um, oh. And I also was exporting to the grid um, this this month. Uh, got, had an electric credit and then uh, a gas deficit on the uh, on the heating. <laughs> so I, uh, depending on how much it costs to replace that uh, system with a heat pump, I, I might look into doing that this year. Awesome, very cool. Moving Excellent. towards a future free from fossil fuels. <laughs> you know it. You know it. Uh, next, uh, Casey, do you know about this story about the yes. incentives? Incentives coming up for another vehicle. So, so Tesla isn't done making stuff cheaper, um, but at the same time, we keep saying if you see what you like, it's in your budget. Get it when you see what you want, because uh, the Model Y went up. Uh, was it five hundred dollars from where they dropped it down? Yeah. Um, but the Model S and the Model X, uh, they have a $3,000 discount or free supercharging for a couple of years. I think. But... Yeah, it's not it's not free supercharging forever. It's No, uh, no. They, it's they, they learned that. Yeah. <laughs> three, three years of free supercharging. Yeah. Because, yeah. of course. $1,000 a year. So if you're a road, 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 road warrior, then this might be worth looking into. Mm-hmm. Because they won't give out free supercharging forever anymore uh, that we've heard. Because, of course, Patrick has sucked up all those credits. That's right. I still have Patrick. it. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Toe will leave you here. 
<laughs> Although oh, I, I have it and I really enjoy it. I don't use it all that much. Um, yeah, I don't do a whole lot of road trips and I work from home. So my car is mostly just sets in my garage. But, but yeah, mine, mine, I still mine, have it if I want it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mine kind of cratered after I got the work from home because um, I didn't start out that way. What I'm doing now is I'm pulling up my stats because, uh, let's see. So I have done uh, 20.2 megawatt hours uh, from the supercharger over 13 days and 28 minutes uh, <laughs> with an average wow. session of 34 minutes. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> a, oh, just ha the last the last two weeks? Would you say? Oh, 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 no, no. Um, that was thirty-four days. Lifetime. Lifetime. Oh, 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 oh. One hundred and ninety-nine locations for five hundred thirty-seven sessions. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That is a lot of traveling. Yes. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I wonder what that would be at like the supercharger rates. How much they charge? Like sixteen cents a kilowatt hour. Oh, I guess certain it depends ones, on where you're at. Yeah. Certain ones. But um, you'll work on that. And uh, Patrick's going to bring up our next story about uh, more batteries. That's right. Yeah, we have someone in the uh, chat who said uh, greetings from Arizona. So they might like this one uh, because this is about LG's battery plant that they're going to build in Arizona. And uh, there is, it has not been confirmed, but they mentioned in their recent conference call that they are in talks with Tesla to supply batteries from their Arizona factory. Now this Arizona factory, they're supposed to break ground in Q2 of last year. So uh, with mass production starting in 2024. So uh, they, they're not cranking out batteries yet, but the nice thing about Arizona, if you want to send them to Austin or you want to send them to uh, California, you can go either way from there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right so, on the uh, road for both. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I would not be surprised if they get a deal with Tesla because Tesla needs batteries from, they'll buy them. If you've got a, uh, a double A in your pocket, you could probably sell it to them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> so so yep. I came to $2,700 of supercharging so far. So I'm almost at my free $3,000. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, so uh, this was just, um, uh, we need batteries, batteries for our vehicles, batteries for all kinds of things, uh, for grid stabilization, all the renewable energy. Uh, and it looks like LG is actually making plans to produce 4680 cylindrical cells, which of course we know the 4680 is what Tesla is gonna use in uh, the Cybertruck and all of their future products. And uh, I would not be surprised at some point to see them moving everything off of 2170s and onto 4680s. So, yeah, that, that was just a, a cool milestone that uh, we're going to. This is exactly what uh, we need is more battery factories. And it, wherever the batteries are going to be used, we need them on every continent. We need uh, dozens more. Cool. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting that um, it's LG at this time because LG is selling batteries in all sorts of different formats to different automakers as well. Uh, mm -hmm. GM has a deal with LG. Uh, in fact, they've built uh, three factories or in the process of building its third factory uh, currently. And uh, I believe there was uh, they were going to build a fourth uh, plant with uh, GM, and that was put on hold. 
And mm. I'm wondering if that is why maybe LG is starting to shop around. They've got some surplus now that they know that uh, their fourth bat, their fourth plant uh, may not be completely financed or or requires some additional customers in order to get it built. And that may be the reason that they're speaking to GM, I'm sorry, to Tesla at this point to supplement some of the sales that are going to GM. So it's uh, it's. It's the wild west when it comes to batteries at this point. There's like like Patrick said, Tesla and every other manufacturer are begging for batteries. All they can get, right. obviously, they want certain certain form factors, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, some manufacturers are locked into pouches. For example, can't mm -hmm. leave that. Uh, Tesla has the the bonus of being able to take multiple different can sizes uh, because, mm -hmm. of course, they've got. They, they they decided not to switch to one. They felt it'd be more advantageous uh, for themselves uh, and to be able to collect more batteries by keeping the different form factors and just maybe updating the chemistry that's in those cans. So right. that's that's where they are now, and it looks like it's it's a good way to do it because the manufacturer that they're approaching uh, do have different options about what cans they could produce, and it gives yeah. them some flexibility. They uh, they also were the they were trendsetters in all of this. They were the one of the first to go cylindrical, uh, if not the first to go mass production in cylindrical. Uh, then uh, they were the first to do twenty one seventies, and then they were the first to do forty six eighties. And uh, shortly after they went twenty one seventies, a lot of other folks that were doing cylindrical did that. And now we've got major folks uh, like Ford and Volkswagen talking about going forty six eighties. Yes, they are. Yep. Until we move to a newer, hold up your uh, Coke can there, Casey. <laughs> That's the 2035 uh, cylinder right there. That's the cell size. We have a lot of experience making those cans. So, <laughs> right. Well, he, he also pointed out that uh, during battery day that they were going after, you know, they, they learned a lot from the battery folks. But they said, hey, let's look at the food and food and drink industry. And that was where they we got a lot of their inspiration for the 4680 as far as how to run it at speed and scale. Right. Yes. The manufacturing side of things. That's what's really yeah. cool about Tesla's. They're willing to say, okay, how, not, not how has this been done in the past, but how do I make a car real quick in one piece? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You'll be able to walk into a Tesla location and just, uh, Pull one off of the shelf. <laughs> well, I, I, I did that because yeah, Elon said, "Well, what if I what if I made mine the same way that that Mattel makes the Matchbox and the Hot Wheels?" Uh, and then nobody told him no, or at least nobody gave him a good reason to say no. And then right, they right, did. they got plenty. They got plenty of no's from the diecast makers or the yeah, uh, yes, press makers. Right? Yeah, they get, they get, he, uh, Elon had said they got uh, three no's and they got one maybe. So they took the maybe as a yes and pushed them. <laughs> So uh, that was kind of interesting, and, and that, of course, one was Hydra. So uh, yeah. that's uh, that's been a big plus. I bet right the now. others are kicking themselves now after they saw that yeah. contract for the, for the mm -hmm. mega press. And, Not even just press leave now. I bet a lot of other automakers that use those press companies are pushing them now, saying, "Listen, yeah. someone's already done it. It makes sense. Let's start making single or uh, you know dual pieces as opposed to 30 pieces it just right. uh, and it told us about this 35 years ago and now we want to do it because <laughs> somebody right. did it finally yeah exactly and the other plus about the uh, the battery cans of course is that uh, the as we heard in the uh, earnings call last week uh, tesla is now starting to ramp up so mm -hmm. we've got a solid 4680 formula, and now they're starting to push at volume. 
And for the first time in a long time, we heard that this year, 2023, is not going to be um, tied up by battery concerns about uh, volume of batteries. The number of cars they want to produce, they believe they've got the batteries already for 2023. Now, that may change in 2024 or 2025, but at least uh, with the uh, formula set, they can work on pushing out more and more production of those batteries. And hopefully we're not going to be constrained by batteries as time goes along into those future years. Well, it's not just uh, one formula either. Cause remember the, um, the mega packs are going to be going 4680s and they're going to use iron. So at least two formulas. Right. Yeah. I, I got to believe there's going to be multiple formulas just as there are now. It's, mm-hmm. it's something that probably uh, one for semi too. But, but probably when they get to a point where it makes sense, uh, they may bring other models on to the 4680 uh, if, it, if it starts to make sense. If, the, if yeah. they're still pushing that we need X amount of 2170s and we're not going to use them in certain ways, then they're not going to leave the 2170 if, if they feel right. that uh, they haven't got the supply down pat. And uh, mm-hmm. from what I see with this ex- exponential growth that's going on is that they need every battery they can get and uh, probably are going to stick with the three different formats for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned project Highland earlier. Um, and uh, I would not be surprised if that moves the model three over to 4680s. Yeah. But we'll see. Or at least structural pack. But I think 4680 structural pack, like, uh, like those model Y. Right. But one of the things. And whatever they were doing with the bumpers, they were covering them up for. Right. But, but Tesla doesn't do just, oh, let's just catch this up to something else. That doesn't nope. need a project, right? right. It's going to be a leapfrog. Right. And so uh, right. that's that's the exciting part, because I can't wait to see. Oh, yeah. At a minimum, is. they're going to do the structural pack and then whatever they were hiding under those bumpers. Right. But the yeah, curious, it's going to be something new and what cool. Else? Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> it, may, it might not even be, like, flashy cool. It might just be, oh, it's, you know, now this much cheaper. But that's still exciting for folks like us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If it means they can make them and they can lower the price and sell more of those cars and get more people into EVs, that's awesome. That's their mission. Yep. Absolutely. Well, with that, let's start the wrap up. If you haven't clicked like button already, do it now, please. Give us a thumbs up and uh, press that subscribe if you haven't already. And uh, that helps us out. If you like the show, please subscribe. It helps us and uh, it doesn't cost you a dime. We would really appreciate that. And uh, with that said, uh, let's go to shout-outs. Uh, Casey, what do you got going on this week? Uh, this week, uh, we've got uh, uh, the first story. Unless, Like I said, unless something bigger happens first, uh, the, we're going to be talking about uh, a certain company that's leading from behind and and their competitors. It's mostly about the competitor, but uh, we're going to compare them to somebody that they're leading leading from behind with. And, uh, and, and obviously, that sarcasm and, and facetiousness there. They, <laughs> They, they had a good start, and they just squirreled it all the way uh, several times, starting with um, the EV1. Uh, <laughs> and, and then, you know, they had another chance with the Volt. And then, uh, what happened, guys? <laughs> Other than your car is catching fire, what happened? <laughs> I think uh, you've, you've left the, uh, the, the, the mystery out of it at this point. So uh, we know we've There's details. There's details. So yeah, this is yeah, still worth yeah. watching. Uh, that'll exactly. be Sunday at 110 Eastern over at YouTube.com at Casey Green. And, and I hope to see you all there. Very good. Very good. Patrick, any shout-outs from you this week? 
Yes, I blog occasionally at carswithcords.net, and I have a new post up that talks about uh, batteries of all things and uh, what are the price trends. And um, the cool thing is that um, there was a story written almost 10 years ago that talked about how batteries are the limiting factor. They are the major cost component and how that is going to decline over the next decade. And so uh, I uh, have excerpts from that in there and, and, and talk about how, uh, how this has all evolved over the last decade. So uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, I think you will, might enjoy it. If you like this show, you should go check it out, carswithcords.net. And of course, I'm with the Oregon Electric Vehicle Association. You can find us at oeba.org. The Portland Auto Show is coming up, and we are going to be there. Very good. Very good. Casey brought up the, the article, January 29th. Yeah. Hot off the press. Absolutely. <laughs> very good. Very good. Well, uh, with that, uh, come back next week and join us. And together, we will find out what's happening in the Tesla life. Have a great week, everybody. Stay positive. Test negative. It's Lee Moon. <laughs> <laughs>